Welcome to Habits for Happiness with Lady Fuller. The path to happiness is paved with healthy habits. We spend much of our lives searching for happiness when the key we're looking for is right there inside of us. We can discover that key through habit change, which you're about to learn about. Now, here is your host, Lady Fuller. Welcome to Habits for Happiness, the show where we discuss habits you can employ in your daily life to make you happier. Here on Habits for Happiness today to talk about the habit of kindness is Katie Jeffcoat. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for being here. I'm thrilled to talk to you today. I'm really excited to be here. I can't wait to jump in. And join Katie and I as she tells us how she distills the science of happiness into bite-sized habits nuggets for her audience. She's obsessed like I am that the idea that kindness is contagious and spreading kindness does, at least in my life, spark joy. Katie is the guru of taking people from hectic to harmonious. And if this is you at all, you want to stay tuned and learn more because she can create this shift for you. Mm-hmm. And basically in layman's terms, she can get you off the hamster wheel of your life. So you don't want to stop listening. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So welcome, Katie. And Katie, I'm just going to introduce you. You have a beautiful um, bio. So Katie is a recovering lawyer and passion-driven mm-hmm. entrepreneur. We were laughing before the break because I'm a recovering um, entrepreneur. So I love this idea of being a recovering lawyer. And she's now the host of Everyday Happiness, the daily micro podcast. She's a happiness curator. I love that. A kindness crusader, speaker, and number one best-selling author. She supports mostly women moving from feeling hectic to harmonious and because she fundamentally believes we deserve to make time for our priorities. We deserve to live a life of harmony and it's within our control to create it. Amen, girl. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So Katie, tell us what you're working on now. What's your latest and greatest? Well, as you know, a passionate entrepreneur, I think that there are always so many things that we have going on, which is always so fun. It totally lights my hair on fire. I have a micro podcast, two minutes a day that is on Amazon Alexa on their flash briefings and also on all the places you find a podcast that just is a quick nugget of happiness science. You know, being a lawyer, And then kind of diving into happiness, I couldn't get the woo-woo without having the proof. I don't know if you've ever felt that way where you're like, does it really work? So I just found myself fascinated with diving into why these things work. Like, why does it matter? What scientifically proves that gratitude or kindness or social connection like actually increase happiness? What are those chemicals in our body and what do they actually do? And how do we you know, ignite them. So that's kind of where I start from. And then I just launched a product line called kindness cards, which are postcards that you can send all, you know, send wherever you want. You can get them on my website. And I'm really passionate about it because the science is there. It proves Mm. that when you do something kind for one another, it just boosts your happiness and the other person's happiness. And it's kind of the honors course, right? And and sending a postcard in the mail and who doesn't love fun mail. And so we've just been really excited developing oh. and growing that brand. So how would somebody use a kindness card? So, you know, we have a lot of listeners and they might be thinking, well, am I kind, you know, how would I, how would I employ something like this? And maybe if I don't have kindness cards at my disposal, the second part of the question would be, how do I employ kindness in my life? Yeah. Well, for the first part for kindness cards, look, you can write a note on a piece of paper and put it in somebody's mailbox. You can, you don't need to buy my cards. You can buy any cards you want, anything that, you know, you can put in the mail. I think it's just so fun. Um, We use it as postcards, right? To put in the mail. We also use them as gift tags. So on a, like on a box, you can Mm -hmm. use that as a gift tag. And on the back, you can write a little note. This is the thing. I, I don't want to write a novel in a greeting card. (laughs) <laughs> and I think it keeps me from sending cards. Really? Yes. So I was like, you know what? A postcard is just the right amount. Yeah. And the the phrases on the cards, you know, we're always creating new ones, but it's, you know, the world is better with you in it. Thank you for, you know, being amazing. Your awesomeness is great. You know, you are magic. Like there are just, it's just fun sayings that make it so easy to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to send three card- kindness cards a week to some somebody in my sphere. Oh, I love that. And tell us, you know, okay, so so 
these micro doses of kindness, like your podcast are so brilliant because we, as a society have about a two second, you know, attention span, which we could get into that. We could do a whole show on the fact that nobody has an attention span, but um, tell us, you know, if someone is listening and they decide they want to be more kind, um, you know, they could write a note, what else could they do? Well, you know, just the other day, um, we've been getting a lot of Amazon packages lately. I don't know if anybody else can relate, <laughs> but the same UPS man comes to my house, right? And yeah. he knows my name because my name's on the package. And so I really try to make an effort when I'm sitting in my home office and I see the UPS man coming to just open the door and say, hi, hope you're having a good day. Thanks so much. You know, just that little bit. And he always has like the biggest grin. And, you know, sometimes it's like a two minute chat. Sometimes it's literally 10 seconds, but you walk away being like, thanks, you know, like you can thank them and you feel good. And it really does like boost those happiness chemicals and help you just feel good. Totally. That happens all the time. Yeah. And then just, you know, going a step further, you have no idea where he's going to go next. Obviously he, he goes to a lot of doors and who he's going to be kind to because you were kind to him. I think that's the amazing thing about kindness is it's really, it's contagious. Um, and it absolutely is contagious. In it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I had um, Marcy Shimoff on this show and she wrote um, Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul. And we talked a lot about kindness. And she talked about this idea, like the UPS man in your story, which is so beautiful, that you know, we even have like kindness appointments, right? Like where we could have somebody that we encounter for just 30 seconds that we're never going to see again, but we have an appointment with them perhaps to, to pass in passing and have a conversation that exudes some kindness just to give them a boost for the rest of their day and or ours so that we can keep the, the kindness alive. Right. I was just traveling in North Carolina and I was in an Uber on the way back to the airport. And I normally am, you know, on my, you know, sending an email or on a phone call or something. And I decided I'm not going to do that. And I just sort of chatted with my Uber driver and she told me like the most amazing kind story. And um, it was like the rest of the day, I was like, oh my God, I just had an appointment with this woman. It was so awesome. So that's something that listeners can remember. It's just, you know, sort of the kindness of strangers is a thing. It's a thing. And um, we just don't know, you know, especially after COVID, how much I think we need that social connection, right? Yeah. And I think scientifically it's called behavior contagion, which is this Mm -hmm. idea that our um, behavior, our emotions spreads, right? So if you show up in a room and you're upset, that also spreads. So Hmm. let's try to be intentional about how we show up. Uh, And, you know, I was in a plane last week and my iPhone cord like didn't just decided not to work. So I had like the block <laughs> I've been there. and the phone, but the cord part did not work. And so yeah. I asked the flight attendant, you know, maybe being a little bold, I was like, do you have an iPhone cord I could borrow for this flight? You know, nowadays the planes have like the actual UPC, UBC thing where you yeah, can yeah. put in. And, uh, he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. And so he gave it to me and I used it and I got some juice so that I could you know, make sure that I could contact the person picking me up at the airport. It was like totally to panic a little bit. But um, what was really nice is that then I wrote like a little note on the napkin that served the water. A kindness card. Like, Thank you so much. Really appreciate you being kind or whatever. And you could see when he looked at it, he was so surprised. And it totally like, he was like, thank you so much. Because he just like, people just want to know that they're doing good in the world, right? Sometimes it's pointing out when people are doing something amazing. Totally. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that all stems from like a much deeper place, right? So, you know, I'm a life coach and executive coach and even I coach CEOs, right? And, And I do a lot of different exercises with them. And it's funny because we all get to the same place with all of them. We all get to this place that is like, am I enough? And, um, you know, I read an article recently with Oprah and she was saying that not one person has she interviewed over the course of her career that hasn't looked at her. I don't know if you've read this and said to her after, did I do okay? Right. And she's interviewing like major heavy hitters, right? She's like, you and I are not on Oprah, but she's, you know, interviewing people who like are really, you know, should not even be asking that question in our perception. Right. But we all 
at our core have this desire to be enough and to have enoughness, right? Am I enough to be here and exist on this planet? Am I enough to have a relationship with you or X, Y, and Z? Or am I enough? Like, am I, you know, to the flight attendant's point, you know, am I, am I serving, right? That's their, you know, to serve in the way that I'm want to serve others, um, especially poor flight attendants, they get, um, they probably see the worst of it, but, exactly. you know, and, and to let people know that they are enough through kindness, I think is like, it touches this place in us that is like primal. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, why kindness in my view is so powerful because we're giving people this thing that they want more than anything else. Um, and without even having to go into all of that, with them, you know, you're just giving them like, you know, a little spoonful of sugar to sound corny. Yeah. I well, I love that. In fact, my coffee mug says a spoonful of sugar on it. So if that is not a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, um, I just saw something with Dick Van Dyke, you know, he's 96 and that. he, every time he appears in public, which isn't often, he is wearing his spoonful of sugar sweatshirt. So I really, that's why it came to mind, but Awesome. Yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's ab- you're absolutely right. Like we should be engaging in more intentional kindness mm-hmm. whenever we can, because that is really how we create the ripple effect to have, you know, yeah. all, what, what we want. Look, the thing is, is if I'm, if I'm being real, I think we've, as Americans have fallen out of the habit of being kind over the last four years, even Mm -hmm. a little bit longer, there's a lot going on. We have Mm -hmm. politics, we have COVID, we have, you know, wildfires, we have a lot going on. And I think as a whole, we may have fallen out of the habit of what kindness means and what we can do to be kind. And so my mission is just really to spread more kindness and to give people a way to do it that also scientifically like boosts your own happiness too. Yeah. You know, um, I took a great course on Coursera with Lori Santos. Um, since you're a logical mm-hmm. thinker, you are probably familiar with her, but she does support a, and provide a lot of data, right? Behind these, what we were, you were saying earlier, woo-woo sort of topics that do boost happiness. And there is data to support that being kind and receiving kindness boosts people happiness people's happiness and especially through the form of gratitude, right? Which is what we've sort of been talking about before, but switching gears, like there's also kindness to ourselves, right? Right. And that's a different kind of kindness. Um, It's not different in that it's, it's a different sort of the meat and potatoes of it are the same, but it's directed internally versus externally. So tell us about that and how you propone that in your own work. Well, there's no question that we have to fill our own cup before we can pour it out for others, right? Mm. As much as we love to pour out our cup and do all of the things, we have to also be very centered in how we show up. So years ago, I created this concept called intentional margins. Oh, I love this. this. Tell us more. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It is this idea that you can find balance and harmony, really really it's harmony because let's be real balance is overrated. Nothing is equal. That's not how we show up. The harmony between our to do's and our priorities. Mm. So what I was finding as a lawyer and as a busy professional and with my mom friends, as the years went on was that we were very good at checking everything off of the to-do list. But what was happening was we were getting 30 things on the to-do list. We would get 27 done and we'd only think about the last couple that we didn't get done. Like that was what we felt mm-hmm. instead of all the stuff we had been doing. And we weren't spending time in our priorities. So whether that's meditation, reading a book, taking a bath, maybe, you know, washing your hair without a toddler next to you, <laughs> you know, having date night with your spouse, drinking coffee with your spouse, like, or connection with a friend, whatever your priorities are that like light your hair on fire that help you to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Those are being pushed off to the side. Yeah. And so how do we find that harmony to do all the things? Cause we still have to go to the dentist. We still have to pay the taxes. We still have to do all these things, but then also have intentional margin time for our uh, priorities. Okay. So tell us, so what's the secret sauce here? So what, um, what I try to envision is like, if you open a book, if you open a book and you have the text, 
those are our to-dos. Those are all the things that we have to get done in the day, right? Mm -hmm. Drive the kids places, do all the things, run a company, go to work, whatever. But what happens is if those to-dos start to creep out into the margin, or if there's space in the justification in that book, it starts to feel like chaos. Starts to feel like random. Been there. Yeah. <laughs> I might be and, there. I might be there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. And this was me too. And what I found was that randomness causes overwhelm. Mm-hmm. So how do I protect my margins if I'm thinking about it in like a book? So that all the good stuff, the juicy stuff, the things we love about life, it's you know, going on a picnic, whatever that is. How do we protect our margins so that we can go look at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the year? And be like, okay, I wasn't just in my to-do list. I actually did have all of these experiences that I wanted to have that were fulfilling Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't so crazy. Like a happiness playlist. Yeah. It doesn't take much. I mean, it could be one of my biggest things is sleep. I have to get enough sleep. It's very important to me. So it's going to sleep at a regular time. That is part of my margin. It's one of my priorities. Yeah. Non-negotiables. It's a non-negotiable. And look, the non-negotiables go on your calendar first. Okay. I love managing a calendar. I'm very like, I love all the color coding and all the things. The non-negotiables go on first, whatever that looks like for you. Okay. So, so let's, let's just for, for listeners, you've got your book open. It's blank. You write down your 5,000 to do's on the left Mm -hmm. side and on your right side, you need to write your priorities. So for most of us that are put ourselves last and recovering people pleasers like myself, mm-hmm. um, where do you put and how do you even start with even sort of pulling your priorities out of yourself? I mean, for many of us, they've been dormant, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, wh- where do I start even writing on the right side of the page? Well, I think a lot of it is some introspection, right? Like only you can do. I love the idea that there are a million ways to do something and you can do it however you want. Mm-hmm. I never like prescribe, like, this is the path to get you there because like, that's just not real. Yeah. Um, but it can be, it can be a lot of different things. One thing that I heard not that long ago is um, this concept around envy. And if something, if you see on Facebook and you're envious of something, not jealous, right? Yeah, envious. Like this is the Brene Brown's way. Atlas of the Heart, right? Does she talk about envy? She in talks that? about envy and jealousy being these two separate. Um, and for anyone that is interested and doesn't feel like reading her book, which is awesome, she does have an HBO special. But the envy and jealousy being these two separate, distinct things, right? That most yeah. of us have wrong. So go ahead. Yeah. And so this idea of envy is that what are you looking at, like? So for me, if I were scrolling Facebook, which I think like everyone has their own opinion about social media and I've definitely taken breaks, but I've curated it now where I feel like it's my virtual coffee shop. So (laughs) I really do love it. But what am I envious of? So what I typically, for me, I would be envious of, um, I see like couples going to lunch in the middle of the week. I was Mm -hmm. like, that looks like so much fun or leaving work at three o'clock and going to top golf and doing something or like going on a picnic or whatever, that would bring me envy or travel. I love travel, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, I'm so excited for them. They get to do this. How fun. How can I, you know, that's a trigger to me that says, maybe I would also like some of that in my life. Mm -hmm. How can I make that happen? Yeah. It's almost like regret fueled, if that makes sense, like regret pushed forward. Like I want to do that. I'm not doing that. How can I do more of that? Right. It desires, like it, it sparks wish, wishness. Yeah. And I mean, look, we all have things like if you have a hobby and you love knitting, but you just haven't gotten around to it lately, that could be something if you're really interested in like reading more books or, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks like for you. Right. Yeah. And so we, I mean, if you spend some time just thinking about it, you can come up with a few things that are in your priorities. Yeah, totally. Okay. And so, but just, just for listeners who are now curious about the jealousy piece, how is jealousy different than envy? Well, thank jealousy. You know, I, I would encourage all the listeners to go to Brene Brown and see what she says. <laughs> I can tell you, um, a, but yes, okay. you, I want to hear it from you, but she, but it's this concept of losing something that you already have. Right. And it's, I think it's this idea that you're you're jealous 
and you have this almost like a negative reaction to like, I am upset that they have something I don't have, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah. envy I think is more of, I'm excited for what they have and maybe I want it to. Yeah. And one in one, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, that's beautiful. And what I hear you saying is that with envy, it sparks us that we have the power to create it ourselves and with jealousy, it's like, I don't have the power to control this. So I'm just going to go into this rabbit hole about how I'm upset about this. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And there's like a reaction there versus this proactive idea. Like I'm also going to plan a picnic. That's a great idea. I'm so glad that that happened. Right. Um, and I think if we, we go back to the idea of kindness, like if we can create a positive envy in others about this idea of kindness, then they start to multiply it and, you know, lead by example, you know, lead by example themselves. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. So, so take us back a second. So here you are, you're a trial lawyer. And, you know, when someone thinks of a trial lawyer, or I think of a trial lawyer, I certainly am not thinking of like kindness as like the number one characteristic. I'm thinking of being a total badass and, you know, being, you know, um, anything but kind in order to get, you know, to, to a win. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's a definitive right and wrong. This is the justice system. Um, we're not in the place where we're finding win-wins, you know, and there's definitive winners and losers and the idea is to win. So tell us how kindness became this priority for you from a place where, um, you know, if we go to all Stephen Covey, where he says, you know, there's right and wrong and losers and winners from that place to the place you are now. Give us just a sneak peek because I think listeners may be thinking that's a big leap. Yeah, I um so making a long story short, when I was 7 years old, I my parents were very poor and I had an experience where I decided that I was going to get out of the life that I was mm. that I was in. Mm-hmm. And at that age, the only thing that I could think of was that I needed a job where I could make some money. So I was either going to be a doctor or a lawyer, and I couldn't be a doctor because I don't like touching people and blood makes me queasy. <laughs> so lawyer it was because that was all that I could do. And I thought, well, I could probably talk and figure this out. But I didn't grow up in an area where a lot of people were you know, professionals, successful. I mean, I grew up in a town of 2006 people in the middle of a cornfield in Minnesota. But I decided this is what I was going to do. Mm to get out of where I was. So for me, I never wavered. I went through high school and college and law school super fast because I knew I was going to be a lawyer and this was all I was going to do. I did not have a lot of like extracurriculars. I was very focused on where I think I needed to be so that I could get out of where I was. So when I became a lawyer, I went was at a big firm in um Washington, D.C., trial lawyer. Everything was amazing. And then I had kids and I looked at that baby who I always thought I would always go back to work because that was my like Mm -hmm. mission. And I was like, I'm not going back to work. I got to figure this out. It wasn't. So for me, being a lawyer, like I wasn't, I didn't have this like, oh, I love jurisprudence. I can't wait to you know, legally <laughs> you didn't have a real said that, movie. Yes. Uh, yes. So I went about it a little bit of a different way. And it was really a means to an end. And being mm. a lawyer in where I worked definitely was not, um, it was not necessarily kind. It wasn't collaborative. It was exactly as you would expect, like uh, very contentious. I was a patent litigator. So, was, you know, a lot of litigation. But what I learned after stepping away is that I could find my real voice and my real voice was really in like not being an asshole. (laughs) You can say that not being an asshole. And, you know, I just want to point out really quick for, for listeners and for you, like, you know, the kindness of the whole situation or the awesomeness of the situation is that you did get yourself out of the the cornfields of Minnesota And it was a beautiful thing that you took this job that got you to a place where you could be comfortable enough to have kids and therefore be kindness crusader. I mean, that's just awesome. So gratitude for the, for the job. 
yeah, I mean, it really gave me a lot of self-confidence, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that then allowed me to step out and do things that were really, uh, that I was really passionate about that I couldn't yeah. do while I was practicing what? law. I love that so much. And um, we are going to head to a break, but everyone hang in there. One thing I wanted to just talk about after the break so much is basically for those of us who can't quit our jobs and we work in legal um, Mm -hmm. or corporate realm or a small business or somewhere else where there are assholes and um, we want to be more kind, ways that we can be in the container and Mm -hmm. context of which we are in. Because... um, that is just our reality is that many of us have yeah. to stay where we are, but that doesn't mean we can't just because we can't change the context doesn't mean we can't change the content. So everybody hang on. Well, when you come back and find out how you can be kinder in your work and in your life. So see you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Try out a free coaching session with your host, Lady Fuller, to learn more about our individualized and corporate coaching programs. Learn to drop bad habits and pick up healthier habits to live a healthier life. Email her at lady at happinessmba.com. That's L-A-D-Y at happinessmba.com mba.com or check out our coaching business at habits the letter for happiness.com voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Want to reward clients, customers, or employees with a gift that will blow their socks off? We at International Gifting Company have your next corporate event covered. We carry 250 personalized gifts for on-site incentive events. Or we can create virtual gift boxes your employees and clients can receive at home. Contact us today for a quick and free proposal. We love to wow. Contact info at intlgiftingco.com or check out our webpage at intlgiftingco.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Habits for Happiness. To reach the show today, call into 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Now, back to our program, and here again is Lady Fuller. Thanks, everyone, for hanging in there. We're here with Katie Jeffcoat, who's a kindness crusader, amongst a million other things. And in her former life, she was a trial lawyer and is now, as I said before, a kindness crusader. So those people that might be out there in their trial lawyer jobs or their doctors or their um, you know, UPS men or whatever they're doing, and they can't leave the context of their job, but they're interested in being kinder overall. Now, they might work with people who are a-holes. They might work in situations where they have an unkind boss. What is the way that we can be kinder in the workplace if our workplace in and of itself isn't a quote-unquote healthy environment? Yeah, I think there's there's lots of ways. Um, eye contact is so easy. Mm-hmm. So there was this study done years ago, and I hope I don't butcher it, but in my perspective, this is how it goes. So the Ritz-Carlton hotel chain, they mm-hmm. have a series of how they train their front staff, which is if you're within 10 feet, they do eye contact. If you're within five feet, you do a hello. If you're, you know, and then if you're closer, you engage in a conversation, right? That's like their Ritz-Carlton, the way that they train people. Well, they, um, some scientists took this study to a hospital in New Orleans 
Mm. And they I'm said, from, I'm from New the, Orleans. <laughs> I mean, it's, ahead, so it's yeah. at Oshner's in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. And what they did was they said, okay, all of the doctors and staff, this is how you're going to show up. Mm-hmm. And some of the doctors were like, oh no, I'm here to just give medical advice. I'm too busy for this. You're crazy. But what they did was they, um, they said, if you are 10 feet from someone, you, this is before COVID, you um, make eye contact anybody, whether it's an employee or a mm. uh, patient, if you're within five people, five feet, you smile. And what they found was that over time, everyone got happier there. Mm. Uh, they had more patients that wanted to go to their hospital. They had better patient reviews, which hospitals are businesses, right? Um, the doctors had more uh, better bedside manner. And what they found was collectively, they were able to boost happiness in this building. And then that, of course, went, you know, spread, spread throughout the community. And that's just, that's basically kindness, like eye contact, smiling, mm-hmm. that's kindness. It's when you get into an elevator with someone, you don't immediately look down at your phone, which is basically what we all do, right? Yes, but of it's course, a because little, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but a little bit of eye contact, a grin, a, maybe you say hello, Good morning. It can go a long way. It can, it especially if somebody be. needs it. Yeah. Right. Because we bring our whole selves to wherever we show up, whether that's work or the doctor's office or Starbucks, right? So you don't know what somebody else is going through. And if you can assume positive intent, even if they're having a bad day, and you can then share some kindness, it can turn around someone's day so quickly and you will have, you'll have no idea. I love this idea of assuming positive intent, right? Because we come to our relationships with lots of assumptions. Yeah. But but That's just like our go- family motto, assume positive assume intent. positive intention. I want to put a pin in that and come back to it because it's like so powerful and one of my favorite things. But um one of the things I just want to point out it, when you said it came up for me is that the, when we are kind to others, it takes us back to the present moment. So you can't actively be giving kindness in the present and also be time traveling to the future and or time traveling to the past, which we humans do so beautifully. And it wastes our life, in my opinion, because it's it's not all that helpful unless we're preparing for some sort of presentation or something else. But it's this time traveling piece takes us away from the present moment. And there really isn't, I sound like a cortole, take us, there isn't anything besides now. And this idea of being kind, it like, it's like a, it's like in a second, we're back here with other humans on planet earth, right? We're not distracted by all the things we're here having human connection. You're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. And I love this so much because, you know, one of the best and biggest ways to create happiness is through social connection. Social connection is really how we as humans create happiness. It's how we live longer. We have lower blood pressure. There's like so many physical and emotional reasons why social connection is so important. And kindness is just one step to that. So yes, kindness is so good and you can create this ripple effect and it is one of the habits for happiness. But it's just the beginning because if you are kind, you create social connection, whether that's in line at Starbucks, if it's saying hey to the UPS driver, it doesn't matter what it is. And that is just, it just builds upon itself. It's these little building blocks that create your fulfilled happiness. And that's really what we're all after is this fulfilled happiness where we, where when we say we're overwhelmed or we say we're, you know, having all of this stress. How do we really get back to fulfilled happiness? That's really the key. If we yeah. feel like we're on this hamster wheel and we're just like spinning. Totally. And I mean, I think the piece of it is that, you know, for, for listeners and, and Katie, you obviously know this, but, um, you know, the three primary needs of humans are love, safety, and, and belonging. And I think in COVID, we got, we got real tripped up there. <laughs> we might've felt unsafe. We might've felt safe in our homes, but beyond that, probably pretty unsafe. And love was stymied because we were not having this connection and we weren't really belonging to community or group. And we weren't really belonging to a lot of the people that we normally connect with. And so all of these primal needs were like, really like, you know, it was like speaking of the hamster wheel, it all went mm-hmm. out the door. 
And I find that now we're kind of coming back into those things. And I had Jay Fields, who's a somatic therapist on the show a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, she proposes these three states of your nervous system, one being immobilized when we're in like a completely hermetic state, which I totally went to during COVID, a mobilized state where we're in the the left side of the page that you talk about and with your intentional margins where we're getting things done, like we're in the flow, we're like doing it, we're like knocking it out. And then the next piece is social engagement. And during that social engagement, our nervous system is actually like at its best because we're usually like, that's like how you feel at like the backyard barbecue. We're just like relaxing, like chatting. And, you know, I think so much of many of us, that piece, social connection, like or social engagement went out the door with everything else. And, you know, I, I can only, of course, speak for myself, but during COVID, I really went inward. And this idea of now, you know, almost forcing myself to be in that social engagement space, you know, my kids have uh, play lacrosse and we've been going to all these lacrosse tournaments. And the, the wonderful thing about a lacrosse tournament is you're there for 12 hours a day. And that's the bad thing too. But I'm, you know, sitting there and talking to all these parents that I otherwise would not be sitting next to and talking to for eight hours. They wouldn't either um, if captive audience. And I come back from those weekends and I'm exhausted, but I'm feeling like, Oh my God, I am so much happier. And I could, it was taking me a second to like put the dots together of like, what, why was I so much happier after doing that? Like, normally that sounds like I want to stick a fork in my eye, but it was like, it was the engagement with all these other yeah. human beings that I hadn't had in so long. And I was like, people, social engagement is the way, you know, coming from my hermetic self. Anyway, I digress. But the point is, is that connection is so incredibly important to us and kindness is like a highway to connection, right? It's how we get there. Yeah, absolutely. Meaningful connection is really the, that's really where, you know, you can really make a lot of difference in your, in your happiness, you know, uh, pendulum, right? Totally. So I'm always a big fan of that. Tell us the relationship between gratitude and kindness. You know, this is, I really think, uh, happiness, is a recipe. So okay, tell us recipe. We want the, like we want the ingredients and the instructions for cooking, please. Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this. So you know how like I make chicken soup and I'm from Minnesota and you make a chicken soup and you're from New Orleans now living in Colorado. They may not be the same. So maybe someone uses rice and someone uses noodles and someone uses carrots and someone uses celery and someone puts peas in their soup. I mean who does that? People do that. So like you have all these ingredients, but you make your own chicken soup. Do you know what I mean? Yes. No, I know. Mine's super spicy, by the way. Okay. See, so mine would not be spicy, although I do love spicy. So I may need the recipe. Yeah. Super spicy. Everything's spicy. I love it. (laughs) My kitchen, because I I really can't cook. So just, it's like, it's just extra spicy. So you can't taste how bad my cooking is. But anyway, I don't believe that for a second, but I love it. I love it. So if you think about happiness, so happiness is really two prongs, right? You have the first prong, which is your emotion, your joy, elatement, um, you know, like those kinds of like happy emotions. And then your second prong is purpose and satisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have purpose and satisfaction. And where I spend a lot of my time in my work is on the purpose and satisfaction. Because if you think of happiness as a pie, you have your DNA, your Mm -hmm. circumstances, and then what you can control. So if you're really thinking about what you can control and you're thinking about your purpose and satisfaction prong, then you're making your soup. You're making your happiness soup. So this is how it goes. You can, you have to do what works for you. If gratitude is not your thing and you try to do gratitude, you're going to feel like you're want to take a fork and poke your eyes out. (laughs) So we're not doing that. But gratitude scientifically does boost happiness if you can figure out how to get there. And I had a, I had, I struggled with this for a long time and I think it was semantics for me. So I started changing gratitude to appreciation. Mm-hmm. What do I appreciate? And so in the morning I wake up, put my feet on the ground and I do like a gratitude frenzy, appreciation frenzy. And I think about all the things I appreciate. My legs work. I'm so happy. I'm healthy. The children uh, are already awake. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm doing my gratitude frenzy, right? That works for me. That might not work for you, but that's just one ingredient. If you don't want the peas in your soup, don't put the peas in your soup. Okay. And then the other things are acts of kindness, 
whether that's the honors course by sending mail, which I think is just so brilliant. Yeah, I'm one but of the last can, people who send mail in the universe. So I know. <laughs> I think we well, should make it cool start again. Sending more mail. I know. I send tons of mail. <laughs> I love it. And so, like acts of kindness, all the things we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That can be another uh, ingredient in your happiness recipe. Uh, meaningful social connection. What does that look like? So for me, um, we're still in pretty much COVID here. So my husband doesn't go into the office that often still out here. So we have, I drive the kids to school at from 9.15 or 9.10 to like 9.30. My husband and I have coffee in our living room. I drink coffee. He drinks Coke, Coke Zero, but it doesn't matter. You can drink whatever you want. <laughs> You can just, it can be water to... or your bamate, whatever. It's just the yes, connection over the, the beverage or the morning time. Yeah. But the meaningful connection. And that means a lot to me. It's part of my happiness, right? It could mm-hmm. be happy hour with your girlfriends. It could be going to a movie with a friend. It could, it could be, you know, during COVID, my daughter and I uh, binge watched Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Meaningful connection, right? That is another uh, ingredient in your soup. Um, savoring which is this idea that you can be really present for whatever it is. Like if you're hugging your little kid and you're like, oh, he has curly hair and it's so cute. And even though he's a boy and he's starting to smell, he's still adorable, whatever that is. Savoring the moment could be savoring a walk, seeing a a leaf on the ground that's in the shape of a heart, right? Savoring it, thinking about all the senses. All of these are ingredients that you put into your happiness Mm. recipe. And you can decide what goes in and what doesn't. Because not everything works for everyone. And it's crazy to think that like everything is going to be perfect for everyone. We're all humans. We all have our own stuff going on. Yeah. And so I guess my question then is like, what does happiness mean to you? So I think happiness is what a lot of people say. And the ancient Greeks have said for a long time. And lots of authors and scientists have, have repeated this over and over. But it's the joy that we feel when we are striving for our potential. So when we are really Mm. striving for our potential, the joy we feel when we are striving for our potential, I think that gives a lot of fulfilled happiness because it checks the purpose and satisfaction box. So Mm. whether you, your purpose and satisfaction comes from charity work, your day job, your raising kids, your, you know, being retired and you know, having a book club, whatever that purpose and satisfaction is, I think that's where a lot of the happiness comes from. It doesn't come from emotions because emotions come and go, right? We always, we go up and down and happiness is love. So how do we bring more love into our lives? Not in like romantic love, but just like kindness, right? Love. Yeah. No, I, I do. I love that. <laughs> I do think happiness is love. I mean, as you know, back to the basics, we're wired for love, safety, and belonging. And therefore, all of those things, safety and belonging, come from a loving place, right? And, um, you know, different than other animals. And, you know, that's a huge priority for us. Um, I would say I have a dog and he's a, he's a lover. So, you know, there are animals yeah. that love unconditionally and they're, they're wonderful um, examples of how we can love um, with such an open heart. Now I'm sounding like Michael Singer, like untethered soul, but we, you know, I think most of us during COVID really got contracted and our hearts got contracted and the work now after COVID is passing us somewhat that we want to expand and open our hearts again and experience that love because without it, I think our happiness quotient goes down a bit. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't say anyone, you know, unless we were extreme introverts felt um, happier over COVID, like as an overall thing, because so many things on our menu perhaps were, were, were gone. But this comes back to where we started chatting before the show is that, you know, I believe that happiness does live inside of us. You know, my hairdresser, who I think like should be a therapist said to me, you know, happiness is an inside job. And I was like, amen, sister. (laughs) It's not, it's not out there, but it does come from also connection to ourselves, but really with others. And I do think when we deprive ourselves of that, um, it can be tough on our overall happiness. Absolutely. There's no question that happiness is an inside job. Like no one 
can make you happy. No one can like happy you up, right? Like it's just not, it's just not what works. Like that's scientifically, it doesn't work. Like we all know that doesn't work. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't work. It is yeah. my job. And then by putting it too in other people's hands, right? Through I have clients and especially female clients that'll come to me and they're like, I'm just looking for a mate. Well, you know what? That's awesome. And we, we can get you there. But I always like to say, you know, we first have to get you sorted first because relationships, at least the healthy ones, is when we both show up with our full selves. And it's sort of like another person sprinkles on the cupcake, but like you're the cupcake. Mm-hmm. And when we ask someone without their permission to be in relation with us and hold our happiness, then we've given our happiness away and we can call that power. And therefore we're less happy, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have the ability to take our happiness away. And if happiness lives within us, then no one has the ability to take it away. And, um, and I think that's where kindness begins, right? Because kindness begins with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I found you know, to go back to kindness in my own life, that sometimes an act of kindness when people are being unkind is maybe like the most heroic act of courage that we can have. Because I 100% agree. And also, you don't have to feel happy to be kind. Yes. Right. No. You can be having a bad day and you can still be kind. Totally, totally. And if they're not connected in that, like, you have to have both. No, but it can add, I, I would like to say that I think by being kind to others, especially when we're feeling unhappy, we actually scientifically boost our happiness, Yes, right? Because yes. we give ourselves back a spoonful of sugar. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's really, that's really where we're at. Like these, you know, oxytocin and these hormones and these chemicals, they, they just get a boost. You can't help it. Like it's, there's nothing you can do to be like, I'm going to be kind to someone, but I'm not going to feel a, feel it. Like, that's just not the way that humans are created. <laughs> so you absolutely get that boost. And you can be kind, even if you're not in it and you're not feeling you know, like yes. all the mojo and you yeah. can still show up and be kind and you will still get, and you will get a boost. It may or may not, you know, change your day. Yeah, but it, but it certainly helps for sure. Mm-hmm. So so Katie, tell us like if people want to find more of you, if they're like, I want to buy kindness cards, I want to know more about intentional margins, like buy your book, whatever, get on the micro podcast. How can they do that? So my micro podcast is called Everyday Happiness, Finding mm-hmm. Harmony and Bliss. And that is everywhere that you would find a podcast. And it's also on Amazon Alexa flash briefings. So how do I get it on my Amazon Alexa flash briefings? Cause I need that on my, okay. Yeah. You just like, you literally say, Alexa, play my flash briefings. And then it will tell you the weather, whatever you have programmed. It'll do your two minutes of happiness. It'll do the weather. It'll do. But how do I get yours on my flash briefings? Yeah. You can just go to amazon.com. Right. Put in flash briefings, put in everyday happiness. You'll find it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and then I also have a website called katiejeffcoat.com, my name, and that has links to all of the things. So if you can't find it on Amazon, I have a link there you can click on. And then I have a store that has these kindness cards and we're always coming out with new ones. It's brand new. We're very excited about it. Uh, my team is like losing their mind. It's so much fun. Uh, and we're really looking to see how far we can travel with these cards because isn't that really the goal to just spread a little bit more kindness? We got these kids that are growing up in a world that feels so different than the world we grew up in. And one way we can do that is to just spread more kindness. And then of course, all the other things you would ever want are on the website or on social. Oh, I love that. And for people, it's K-A-T-I-E-J-E-F-C-O-A-T.com to have the spelling. And I also have it in my show notes, but I wanted to add to listeners that I am going to do a kindness challenge for myself. And if anyone else wants to do it, that I'm going to do at least one kind thing a day. I'm actually going to ask my kids to do it with me um, for the next 30 days starting today and see how it boosts my overall level of happiness. Um, I do these I do these intermittently challenges and um, I love them so much. So Katie, 
I'm going to challenge the listeners to do that as well. I need to order some kindness cards that might help get me through the 30 days. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it together. Let's do it, girl. Let's lock arms and do it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's so great. And you know, whether it's kindness cards or holding the door open for someone, there's so many ways to just be intentionally kind instead of busy. I feel like we're very busy. We're like busy bodying all over town and maybe yeah, we and we're, just yeah. <laughs> be intentional. I don't know. Be intentional. I know. And, you know, I want to also just offer that like being kind isn't always something that is with another person. Like you can be kind when no one's looking. Like I always yeah. use the, like you can go close the neighbor's mailbox and no one sees it and you don't even have to tell the neighbor, but like, you know, you did it. And there's something about like when we're in our own integrity that shifts the narrative in our head about our enoughness, which is getting back to that point. Like I am enough. Look what I did. <laughs> I am good. <laughs> so yep. thank you everyone so, so much for listening in today. And Katie, thank you for sharing at, sharing with us your beautiful self and helping everyone understand how to go from hectic to harmonious and live in kindness. So just so everyone's aware, we're going to do a 30-day kindness challenge starting today. And Katie, thank you so much for being here. And listen in next time for another riveting conversation about a habit that can make you two happier. And we can continue the conversation on my Facebook page at Habits for Happiness. And thanks, you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for tuning in to Habits for Happiness. Please join Lady Fuller for another edition of the program next Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, discover how to find your new happy place.